and welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dahlman. Today, I am once again joined by County Administrator Scott Stevens. Welcome, Scott. Well, thank you, Renee. It's great to be back. Seems like it's been a minute. It's been a minute, at least a month and a half, I think. Busy schedules, busy time. Well, a lot going on, and, and folks probably enjoy hearing from somebody other than their county administrator once in a while, so that's a good thing. Every once in a while. That's right. All right, so I see that you have a notebook full. What are we talking about today? Um, well, a couple of things. I do want to mention uh, on the staffing side, we've promoted, at least on our executive leadership team, Chris Johnson into the position, a permanent position of Economic Development Director for James City County. Okay. Chris has a long history with the county, has worked in private sector here, uh, has been, I think, well-respected within the community. And we did put him in an interim basis last spring as Economic Development Director. And from where I sit, he's done an exceptional job. And then reaching out to our EDA board and some other uh, community members equally, they were very impressed with Chris. And so I just want to congratulate him on that permanent appointment and look forward to working with him as we go forward. A lot of activity in economic development. Uh, Chris has said it is a good time, and he and his staff are doing a great job representing us. So uh, I hope if folks don't know Chris, they'll reach out to him and get to know him because he really is a somebody that's committed to the community and, and uh, a very uh, impressive gentleman. And we'll have to have him on the podcast at some point. I think that would be a great yep. idea. Yep. Um We'll mention if folks haven't noticed, the cooler weather has finally settled in. And, you know, I'm a summertime person, so the cooler weather is a good change. It reminds mm-hmm. me how nice I like the warmer weather. And uh, and I guess as it sits in this area, it'll be cool for a little while, and then it won't be, and then it will be again. And come right. March or April, we'll finally emerge from that. So, But I am thankful we made it through hurricane season with nothing yes, we did. overly significant for our community. It's not to say others didn't have to uh, deal with the impact of some storms, but for us, uh, we had a, a few close calls, but nothing that really had a significant impact here. And I am thankful for that. Um, I just want to mention, you know, the holidays and Christmas in particular is a really a happy time for most of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really is for me, my family and friends. We we have always had a happy time over the holidays. But we also, it's a time that we need to look after one another, right? Mm-hmm. I share that with our employees. I share it with others that for for some, it's a sad time. They're lonely mm-hmm. or they've lost a loved one or they're, the holidays do add a bit of financial stress. And so it's made it worse for some in terms of that. And sure. I guess my message is one, I, I wish everybody uh, a good holiday season, but to look after their friends and neighbors and coworkers and make sure that those that it might not be as happy for that we're doing all we can to help them with that. That's the right thing for us to do as a community and people and to look after one another. And so it's just a reminder for that. Um, in terms of board meetings, we've had a lot of activity for whatever reason with our board through October and November. So I thought I would do a short summary. It's okay. a lot of information, but a short summary. So if folks have questions, they certainly can give me a call. Uh, 253-6603. Again, 253-6603 will come into my office. But a short summary. At the October 8th board meeting, we had a neighborhood speed awareness campaign that a young man had suggested and uh, our police department and planning department got into where we now have a program where residents can borrow yard signs. So similar to the small uh, political signs that were out, you can borrow these yard signs and put them out. Uh, We'll work with you in terms of police department of location of that, but Mm -hmm. you get them for a temporary basis. There's no cost and we'll just move these signs around. And the idea is to put up signs on a short period of time that catch people's eye. What you sure. know, signs do blend in. So long-term um, signs aren't as effective as they are in short bursts. So the intent of this program was just to have a set of signs to move around and to schedule that or request them. would ask that you call uh, Beth in our planning uh, or development services department, 253-6671. Again, 253-6671. 
Uh, October 8th, we also had a, a Kinship uh, Navigator Grant Award uh, through our social services department, really helping with kids and particularly foster kids staying with family members. And very so, important. Uh, a very good program. We also had another $20,000 grant award to help with our elderly on the Connect program of having helping our elderly better connect with programs that are available to them through social services and trying to get so they're not falling down and having to call 911, that we're right. helping them before they get to that point and having good services. And so I want to mention those two programs. Yeah, and Chief Ash was on the podcast a few weeks ago, and he talked about the Connect program. It's a great program. Well, our social service staff and fire department staff have really done a great job recognizing the need and trying to develop a program and have gotten some statewide recognition, which I expect will expand beyond that as time goes forward. Mm-hmm. But really a good program, and it's nice to have outside funding to help support uh, what is important for our community or we've identified as a need. We also awarded a contractor the board did for our loose leaf collection. We do that over a very limited time, similar to mm-hmm. years past. And I would pass one more number and then I'll be done with phone numbers, <laughs> I think, of 259-4080 to our general services department if you have questions on loose leaf collection, but 259 259- Four zero eight zero, And again, we're into that. So if you're wondering when your neighborhood's up, uh, mm-hmm. you need to make sure you either know or find out because it'll be coming soon. Um, we had five public hearings in October. Um, um, minor items, evidently, very little public comment. And so I don't want to go into the detail of that. They're all approved by the board. All of that's on our website and available. And so folks could find out, but very little public comment with those uh, five public hearings. We did award a $230,000 contract to uh, convert our tennis courts at Veterans Park into pickleball courts. And we've had a lot of conversation between James City County and the city of Williamsburg about tennis and pickleball and where's the right place. Uh, It appears, again, we're going to do Veterans Park with pickleball. Again, it's going to be a complete rebuild, be done probably around the February time frame. We'll be eight pickleball courts. I think it'll be something the pickleball community is very proud of and our community as well. And then close by, the city of Williamsburg will continue to maintain high-quality tennis courts at Kiwanis Park. So you've got uh, a lot of opportunity for tennis. We're not trying to take tennis away. We're just trying to meet the demand and need for pickleball. And in James City County, there are 20-plus courts throughout the county. They're not all lit. So that is Kiwanis and veterans. They do have uh, lit courts, which will be nice uh, in uh, evening time. But I just wanted folks to know that project has been awarded and is under construction, and it's a couple months to get it done. So we ought to have that early uh, next year. Moved to the October uh, 22nd work session for the Board of Supervisors. We had a joint uh, session with our Economic Development Authority, our volunteer members there that uh, serve and work with Chris Johnson month after month. And so we had a a very good discussion with both boards there in a joint session. We talked about our voter uh, registrar's need for additional space during the no-excuse voting uh, that's coming in the fall of 2020. Mm -hmm. And that may expand, but right now it's a 7- to 10-day period of which people can come vote. And experience in other states is... Uh, voters come out in mass. And so we were looking for places beyond Palmer Lane. And so at least for the 2020, uh, the fall of 2020 election, which is the first time it will begin here, uh, we will be at the James City County Rec Center. Okay. Temporary location, but it had parking, it had space. We have set it aside and the registrar and her, her staff are comfortable with that as a short-term interim solution. And we'll be looking for something longer term that better meets the need for our voter registrar and our voting uh, members in the community. And that really sets it up that from those seven to 10 days, you can vote early. It's like absentee voting, but without, you don't have to worry about hitting one of those 26 or 30. That's correct. Categories. You don't have to have a reason other than I just want to. Okay. And again, in other states, it has had a, a very high uh, popularity and turnout rate. And so our voter registrar is concerned with that at her current location, doesn't have the parking, doesn't have the mm-hmm. place to queue people. And so we're, we, we're working to have a better spot 
long term, but again, the short term solution was to go to the recreation center uh, on Long Hill Road. And so we'll okay. pub- she'll publicize that more as we get into the fall of next year. And then going right. forward, I think the expectation is the state legislature will likely extend that to a longer uh, no excuse voting time. Okay. So more to come on that, I'm sure. We also had a, a contract award during the work session for a benefits consultant for uh, our county benefits that we provide our employees, mm-hmm. $98,000 to provide these services. But again, they're looking at a, a tremendous amount of costs in terms of health insurance and life insurance and other benefits we're providing our employees. And so in having good advice there it helps us financially. It also helps us to make sure we're providing competitive benefits because uh, right now it is a tough time for employment. It's good to be a person looking for a job. Mm-hmm. It's one of those areas we want to retain our uh, employees that we have and be able to attract other outstanding employees as well. Uh, moved on to November 12th uh, meeting uh, uh, with the Board of Supervisors. We had 10 grant awards. Again, I would tell you uh, to have 10 uh, grant awards on one agenda is pretty impressive. And right. some of them are more routine and regular and maybe easier but they all take staff time. They all take resources. They all take somebody to ask. They all take some effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just want to congratulate our staff for an outstanding job. Over $1.1 million in grants coming into this community during one meeting uh, for different types of things. The few I will focus on, really the larger ones, just to, uh, uh, I guess, in the, uh, trying to preserve some time, we did get a grant for 244000 for fire department equipment and training. And so that's one that uh, definitely helps a lot in terms of local cost. We had a $279,000 grant for our armored vehicle for our police department. Uh, we borrow an armored vehicle from time to time when we have um, uh, situations going on here in the community. Mm-hmm. But this vehicle is also good for other types of things, whether it's high water rescue, storms. It's a heavier vehicle. It's safer to move during windier events and flooding events. And certainly there's a need for it from time to time to officer safety and safety of our citizens. And so that is something that we're adding uh, through a grant-funded uh, program that fully funds that vehicle. And then we had a $396,000 award in the stormwater grant award in the stormwater area. Uh, it will be a tributary to the James River, the Grisis Run project. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things that will move forward and will benefit our community environmentally, which is a um, uh, pretty important to this community, I mm-hmm. found out the year I've been here. Yes. So uh, th- those were all good grant awards for us. Well, and grants go before the board because just because staff has applied for the grant, received the grant, does not mean that we're ready to sign a contract to accept that money, correct? That's correct. They do go before the board to be approved, and sometimes there's matching funds, and sometimes there's not. Okay. Um, uh, and you know, I never look at uh, grant money, particularly it's from other governmental entities, mm-hmm. not always. And so it is tax money. But what I believe is this money is going to be spent somewhere in the country when it's tax money, federal or state. Mm-hmm. Why shouldn't it be spent here? And so right. I do commend our staff for doing that. And the board ultimately has the say of do we accept those grant funds? Or do we not? And mm-hmm. so, yes, they do all come before the board for acceptance. Okay. But I'm very proud of our staff. It's not one person. It's a group of them. And right. it does take some time and effort. And you have to be seeking those funds. They just don't send them to you. Right. And so there's a lot more behind grants than just acceptance of it. Okay. A couple other things for the November 12th meeting. We did have a number of contract awards, $116,000 award for a child health initiatives management system to help better track some of what we're doing. $708,000 for the replacement of a fire pumper. Again, it's just a replacement of equipment, not addition to. Again, seven public hearings in the November 12th meeting, so a lot of activity there. Mm -hmm. Six of those had virtually no public comment, so fairly minor in terms of public impact. Uh, The Stonehouse rezoning, uh, we spent almost three hours on between discussion and public comment. Had a, a large number of speakers 
In the end, uh, it does reduce the number of households in the Stonehouse uh, master plan by over 1,100 units. Uh-huh. Uh, and the board of supervisors did approve all of the, the public hearing items at their meeting. So, But a lot of conversation, a lot of concern over traffic uh, safety, and, and the board definitely heard those comments and is concerned about that, but ultimately felt it was the right decision to approve those rezonings. So okay. they did that. They also approved their 2020 legislative agenda. We'll have talked about that uh, with our, in, in our work session November 26th with our local legislative group, and so that'll be ongoing conversation. They did approve a revision to the personnel policy, really working with part-time. We've talked about we had some part-time temporary employees that have worked for us year after year after year in a temporary capacity, and really they should move over to a part-time regular position, which we will be doing. But we also wanted to revisit at which point. When you move to part-time regular, if you worked 15 hours a week or more on average, you would get some prorated paid time off. And so we have upped that from 15 hours to 20, and that's what this revision does. We will still move those that are less than 20 hours over to a regular part-time. They'll qualify for an annual cost of living raise if we give one to other county employees. And so it does benefit them some, but it puts them into a regular position. If we really, truly need somebody here week after week, five or 10 hours a week, it puts them in the right classification. So we're just cleaning up a little bit of how we've operated in the past that was brought to our attention that maybe we should change, and we've agreed we should change. And so it's a process to do that. Um, and then they did approve, the board did approve uh, for one parcel on Strawberry Plains Road to allow the city of Williamsburg to provide water service. JCSA would normally be doing that as it is in James City County. Uh, James uh, CSA is on both sides of this lot, but it's a distance enough and there's enough development in between that it was a very difficult area for our JCSA to serve. And their recommendation was allow the city of Williamsburg to cross the street and serve this parcel. And so the board ultimately approved that as well. Okay. And I think that's enough for board action in October and November. I would tell you, if folks have questions, to please don't hesitate to give me a call, and I'll be happy to talk through those. Well, and I'd like to do a plug that all of the videos, we do live broadcasts of the board meeting, but we also have just the video of the board meeting after the fact. So people can go through if one of those items that you've reviewed is of more interest to someone than the other, they can go and just watch that section of the board meeting too. That's correct. Good but, point, Ray. Yeah. I think that's a great thing. Again, we're, our goal is always to try to share information, keep the community aware, and there are a lot of ways to do that. So yep. I thank you for that plug as well. Um, I will say early in December, we'll be meet a joint meeting with the school board. So we'll have a school board, city of Williamsburg, and the board of supervisors. It's December 3rd at 9 o'clock at the Law Enforcement Center on Opportunity Way. Uh, we will have a broadcast from that. It may not be a live broadcast, but we certainly will have the video uh, following the meeting. And it's a public meeting. It's certainly open to those that would want to attend. Okay. And then we did start our Engage 2045 process, really the update of our comprehensive plan. We've been talking about that. We've had some uh, statistical relevant surveys done. We are now on a broader scale of asking for community input on surveys and comments. Uh, we kicked off uh, here in November, first of our going reaching out public kind of meeting, more opportunities. It's about a two-year process. Mm-hmm. So if you missed it, uh, there's still opportunities to comment through our website. There's still opportunities for future public meetings. But when folks want to say, hey, development should be this or should be this, this is your part to participate. Right. This sort of guides that. So in five or 10 years, when a project's going on, it's based on your input and your comments. Um, as I understand it under Virginia Code, we can't stop development. We can't save a percentage growth. We have to be able to accommodate growth and development, but we can manage it. And that's mm-hmm. the intent of the comprehensive mm-hmm. plan to manage. And I would also point out when folks say, well, you don't need to let any more else, anybody else move here. Uh, we already have some 11,000 lots that are approved under right. various master plans. 
that don't require any more board action if the developer builds them as approved. So development can occur and is projected to continue to occur. Mm -hmm. uh, it's how do we best manage that. And so I would encourage people to get involved, find out more about it. We can't just say no to development, but we can try to manage it to the best. And again, for me, change is going to happen. And we want to make sure we're managing the change as we go forward, particularly with increased population, that it's a change that best reflects the values of the community. So that's what this process is all about. But I would certainly encourage people to get involved. Mm -hmm. um, and again, for me, with questions, last number again, I've repeated, I gave this number out early on, but 253-6603 would get to my office. And again, I would um, encourage people to call if they have questions. Um, you mentioned you had a few questions. Do. do you want to do those before I get to say yeah, holiday kinds of things? Or? Let's do that. All right. Let's All right. see what you've got. So. As you know, it's the normal fun questions. Great. Right? And you chose some numbers beforehand, so I've got them now. Now, when you're driving in your car, I know that you don't have too long of a commute from home, but you go to meetings, regional sure. meetings and whatnot. Besides this podcast, obviously, which you listen to all the time, what else do you like to listen to in the car? Um, you know, I do like to have some noise in the background, whatever that might be. And it's everything from comedy to NPR to news, just okay. to see what's going on, depending on my mood. And then also music. And when it's music, you know, uh, Jimmy Buffett, Billy Joel, something sort of lighthearted, beachy sounding and feeling and summertime-ish okay. uh, tends to carry me along. So, All right. but I definitely keep some noise in the background. Okay. Very good. I am always available for noise in the background. Okay, I'm really great. good at that. So just let me know. I know the answer to this one already, but what's your favorite holiday? Um, I've already given that answer. <laughs> you haven't, I, but I have a guess. I think whichever one's probably coming next. Oh, but I would okay. tell you in this case for me, uh, Thanksgivings were always a lot of fun. They were a lot of family. Christmas was as well, but mm -hmm. Thanksgivings was always spent here uh, in this area. Uh, my grandmother was in York County and have a lot of great memories of spending time at her house over really the first 40 years of my life. So uh, I, I would have to say Thanksgiving. Okay, well, and I figured you were going to say Christmas. So. Uh, Christmas is a good one, but Thanksgiving brought me to grandmother's and... Um, it was always a lot of fun. All right. Last question. Excuse the paper noise. What three things do you think of the most each day? Wow, that's a tough one. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I always think of family. Again, I, I tend it's like health. You take it for granted that you have somebody that's supportive and you have kids that are doing the right things and all that stuff. And uh, But family is always important. I do think of that every day. Think of work most days. And yeah. even, even days we're not here, I think those of us in these Physicians are wondering what's going on at work. Uh, and I'm probably always curious about what's next to eat. You know, I'm, I'm pretty open to whatever that might be. Um, I'm not a picky eater, but I'm always ready for breakfast, lunch, and dinner whenever they might roll around. So those are at least three things that roll through my head each day. All right. Well, as always, you've done a great job. I kind of tripped you up one time, but not so um, You've gotten me a time or two. Yeah. That's okay. okay. That's okay. I, I would like to say as we, you know, we go to the holiday season, um, you know, Thanksgiving's always a great time, as I mentioned for me. Christmas as well. I enjoy Christmas. Uh, I'm... Talk about being thankful for things. I'm always thankful for family and friends. You, it's like I said, it, um, you take that stuff for granted, and all of us shouldn't, whether it's health or the support network that we have. I will say is my first year sort of completing here as a mm -hmm. county administrator, very thankful for the Board of Supervisors for giving me the opportunity. Um, there were other candidates they could have picked, uh, but I appreciate that they gave, have given me the opportunity to serve here. And then once I've gotten here, I will tell you, we have a great group of employees, and that's one of those things you hope to have when you're coming into an organization uh, but I have found that here, department after department, and talking with folks and seeing their work product, we have a great group of people serving this community. I'm very thankful for that. 
And then I guess finally the involved community part. I was mm-hmm. told that. I've experienced that. And we do have a community that's very involved. And I really enjoy that. I like knowing what people think and right. why they believe that way. We've had a lot of good dialogue, even when we didn't agree on the outcome. Uh, and I am thankful for that as well. Because not knowing what the community thinks is harder to meet their needs. So right. uh, just in a short list, those are those are things for me that really as I go into Christmas and other. And I would just wish everybody Merry Christmas and a happy holiday season. Look after one another. Be safe and enjoy the time. All right. Well, and I think we're having you back soon after the first of the year, after the board does their reorganization, and you can tell us all about that. All right. Look forward to it. All right. Thanks, Scott. Well, that wraps up this episode of This Week in James City County. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, please take a moment to go online and subscribe to the podcast. That way you'll be sure to never miss an episode. Also, while you're online, go to jamescitycountyva.gov podcast slash sorry slash podcast and while there you're going to be able to find all of our episodes were over 110 i think episodes at this point so find all of those episodes as well as a form and like scott said we love feedback from folks so give us feedback on the podcast give us show ideas guest ideas we would love to hear from you so that about wraps it up and we will talk with you next week